why they say every rose has its thorn, just like every night has its dawn, just like every cowboy sings a sad, sad song. Every rose has its thorn. Hey everybody, welcome to uh, Reporting is Eligible. Um, I have lost count of the number of episodes at this point. It's the the one after the last regular season game. Um, the Packers are 13-3. They get a first round bye. Everybody's happy, um, mostly. And um, we are a little short-staffed. Um, Due to basically, um, I recently moved to St. Paul, Minnesota, and it's harder to get everybody together. So um, Jared can't be with us this week. But as per usual, who's always remote anyway, we have. <laughs> I'm Matt, but you can call me Matub. But hey, Matt. Uh, you, me, and my Montucky makes three. So um, you know, it's I get, pretty good. Um, I have a I have a Fuller's London Pride right now, and that's what I'm drinking, um, which is just a standard English bitter. Um, and I think that's like my favorite kind of beer that you just can't get here, really. Like nobody <laughs> makes it because it's not cool. Um, like, the only ones you get are imported, and they're not really worth importing because they're, you know, essentially Europe's version of Miller High Life. But uh, mm-hmm. they're great. More people should make them. So, so something I found out when I started like tr- actually drinking beer was uh, in Europe, Stella Artois is considered like a wife beater's beer. Yeah, yeah, that's. That is true. So I I did not know that. I was I was drinking it thinking I was fancy AF. Well, that's how they do it over here. They got the fancy glass. It's um, you know, uh, one of the fir- I, first of all, I think that beer's crap, but you know, <laughs> it's to, it's to, not each bad. His, to each his own. Um I think of the of the mass produced beers that are trying to be cool and upscale, it's the best. That might be true. Um it's definitely better than Heineken, which is is yes. the, like literally the worst beer is Heineken just if you like Heineken, I mean, okay, but you've been brainwashed and you're wrong. Heineken is, it's skunky because it's in a green bottle. It's already a terrible beer to start with. Like, you're better off with, like, just a Bud Light or a Miller Light if you're going to go that route. Don't do it. Uh, <clears throat> friend of mine is Australian, says that uh, he, to this day, purchases Heineken in mini kegs and says that it's a good beer when you get it in that, specifically because, because it's not it's in a green not bottle. In a green bottle. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I have not had it that way. So for those who have not had Montucky, it is a uh, um, it's a mass-produced, it's only sold in 16-ounce cans. Uh, a six-pack of... Si- <laughs> the uh, mark six of quality. Of six- yeah. A six-pack of 16-ounce cans will run you about six bucks here. Nice. But 8% of Montucky's profits go towards local charitable efforts. That's cool. Too. Yeah, and it used to have a rainbow and a unicorn on it, and now it's just a like a brown rainbow and a horse. Oh, all right. And it's it says Montucky, a cold snack. I wonder. Yeah, there's a lot of rainbow unicorn things going on in the beer world. I know. Um, our, What's our, the our sister Fantasy Factory? Is, is Fantasy Factory sponsored, yeah. and that's one of them. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know quite beer. a people. Quite a few people who like it. I, I've never had Fantasy Factory. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they get it out there. We get it here in Minnesota, so that's good. Hmm. Um, Fantasy Factory is excellent. So they uh, they come by their reputation honestly. Uh, good times. So football. Yeah, I suppose we should talk about <laughs> football. Uh, uh, you don't watch college. Did you watch the Rose Bowl that happened this afternoon? No. Um. So all I saw was Twitter complaining about the refs. It was a travesty. So so Wisconsin can't complain too much because they had four turnovers and 
if they if they only have three turnovers, they win the game easily. And you know, two it's a blowout. But they you know they let it be close, and the refs were just really really bad in that game. Um, getting almost every call wrong and calling just a ton, making a ton of judgment calls. Like, you know, there's usually like two or three, you know, big judgment call penalties a game. And there was like seemingly like 10 in this one. It was insane. Yikes. So, um, you know, I, I obviously biased towards Wisconsin. Maybe it wasn't as bad on second watching, but it was just a travesty of a football game. Let's never speak of it again. Um, <laughs> okay. Better than that. Um, the, the Packers won. They were playing a Lions team that is bad and was playing almost entirely backups, um, third-string quarterback. The, the only starters they really think they had were Darius Slay, um, mm-hmm. who left, I think, at some point. Um, he he was hurt, and he was in and out. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of it. Um, they had some... Um, uh, I mean, that's really it. So the Packers squeaked by him, and... It's good they won, but really, kind of not a great performance going into the playoffs. Like, not that momentum is a thing, but um, especially from the (laughs) offense, they've kind of been bad for a little while here now. So, so uh, I mean, we can we can say that. I I I mean, at least I I'll say that. I think that was Lafleur's best game of the season. I I, so I agree with you on that. I think he called a really good game. I'm sure you saw the same thing I did, which is that guys were open a lot. Oh man, there were there were people just running free through the secondary. Yeah, um, and Devonte even coming off his turf toe was still beating Slay like a drum. Yep, like Darius Slay is a shutdown corner to everyone except Devonte Adams. I don't get it. Well, it it does seem that way. Although, um, he he had he had some success against Adams. Um, uh, Devonte had a good, not great game, and he he was I think about fifty percent on his catch percentage. Although I don't know if Slay <laughs> was on those incompletions or not. But, well, it's funny. Devontae's worst year in 2016, he was dealing with an ankle injury the whole time. Yeah. And I made a joke. How does how does an ankle affect your hands? Um, but, ah, yes. I mean, he's he's dealing with turf toe, and his drop percentage has come up since his turf toe. It has. So. Um, maybe, I mean, I'm sure it's hard to just concentrate when you're in pain. So. I was gonna, or it's some kind of like like chakra thing. Like he's got a chakra in his foot yep. that affects his hands. <laughs> <sighs> But but he was okay. But you're right. Like people were open a lot in this game. Like, um, a lot of the guys who were open dropped balls, and a lot of the guys who were open were missed by Aaron Rodgers. So I mean, so, Jim, Jimmy Graham kicked things off by just dropping. Yeah. Well, not a touchdown because he's slow. Um, <laughs> if if a good player would have caught that ball, it was a touchdown. But Jimmy Graham catching it was you know going to get tackled right away. But still, just a terrible, terrible drop. He's just a useless player at this point. And that was, but that was a Madden play. Send, sending yeah. your tight end on a go up the seam—that's a Madden play. That's not even. That's not like an NFL. Play. That's like, well, I see something and I call a hot route. It, I mean, that's a Madden play. That's also like a, a an old school tight end play. Like mm. that used to be like the stereotypical thing announcers said with like Keith Jackson and Chimura. Like, oh, you can get him up the seam and take the top off the defense. Like that mm. was well. So if, in I should say. I'm I'm not an offensive guru by any stretch of the imagination, but I play a lot of Madden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we know, and and that's a that's a cover two beater. Yeah, if, it is if a cover you, two beater. That's very true. And it, so if you can if you can get your tight end up the middle and split the safeties, that's yeah, that's your big seam blowout, and it, that appears to me what that play was. Nope, I think you nailed it. 
but so, Jimmy's bad. Holy so. shit. Uh, speaking, actually, speaking of me actually knowing what the hell I'm talking about, <laughs> did you see that I'm the number one ranked football analyst on Tally Site? I, I did. Um, for, <laughs> for those of you who wonder what Tally Site is, like every week for Acme Packing Company, we have to make picks not against the spread. Just um, to, it's one of our, you know, columnly duties. Um, then there's a post that goes up that's like, hey, we think as a group, this team's going to win, this team's going to lose. Um, it used to just be in a Google sheet. Now it's on this aggregator site called Tally Site. And it, there's all these like real reporters that are on it too. Um, and who also make picks on it. And it aggregates all this. So Matt keeps beating everybody. Like not just like <laughs> me, which is fine if you beat me. I don't care. But like, you know, guys who are on TV and guys who write for newspapers and gets keeps getting highlighted as like Matt's like the top analyst with all these other guys who I, I forget. Like, so last week, last week it was uh, it was me Trey Wingo from Trey ESPN Wingo, yeah. and uh, Nathan, what's his face from Pro Football Focus. So, <laughs> so congratulations <laughs> on, on your excellent. Um, I mean, it's like a good science experiment about like uh, who, how these guys uh, do these guys actually know what they're talking about. Well, it's, theoretically, they should be better th- at this than Matt, I would think. Yes, they should be better than the Acme Packing Company meme guy. Yeah, exactly. So I and also to kind of toot my own horn, I was the Acme Packing Company Pick'em champion last year. So I I do, I do like I do know football yeah. under my idiotic exterior. Yeah, indeed, you do. So and nicely done on that. I think I had a kind of a bad year last year. <laughs> but I yeah, for, like middling upsets too much. I shouldn't do that. I should just middling upsets. I like it. Yeah. Um. I I will also add that uh, in week sixteen, Tally Site added the ability to pick against the spread. Yep. Um. And I will be doing that next year because I I do like talking about Vegas odds a lot. And I'll do it next year. I'm not doing it this year. I also, no. it makes you look really stupid because it's hard. <laughs> Vegas is very Vegas smart. Is good at Who knew that? For some reason. <laughs> so Aaron Aaron had a terrible game, um, missing guys wide open. Uh, and you and I were discussing this in the pre-show. Yeah. Worst game since 2014. I think so. I think that is the uh, what we arrived at. That, that's the Bills game, right? Yeah, so uh, pa- Packers went to Buffalo. Um, Aaron Rodgers was 17 of 42 for 185 yards, um, passer rating of 34.3. Now, a zero completion percentage with no interceptions is around there somewhere, isn't it? Uh, it's. Uh, I think it's above it, isn't it? Like 50 something. No, no, no. If you if you throw every pass in the dirt, it's like 32. 32. Okay, so it's close. So yeah, Aaron Rodgers was essentially. Uh, spiking. Yeah. Every so ball. in that game, he had um, 25 incompletions. In this Lions game, he had 28, the most of any quarterback this season so far. Um, Yikes. And the Lions, even when they're fully healthy, have an awful pass defense. Um, they've allowed the most yards. They're like 28th in DVOA. And, you know, they were beat up. They didn't have a good pass rush to help that out. There's no excuse for not lighting them up or at least looking average. Like, if you're gonna have a bad game against him, you should still be fine. You shouldn't be atrocious. So, um, so uh, Aaron Rodgers attempted 17 passes, more than 20 yards downfield. I, I saw like, this uh, on the next gen <laughs> stats. Oh my do goodness! You know, do so, you know how many he completed? I think it was three, wasn't it? Technically three. Uh, three of those passes were caught. Oh, I'm sorry. Three. It was two touchdowns and one interception, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Freaking so all, all of. Every single other deep ball Aaron Rodgers threw that was not in the end zone or caught by the other team was incomplete. So, just so, why do you keep I need doing to it? 
I, I don't know. He was, he, man, he, I don't know if he was checking into those plays or what, but like, uh, so something I do need to point out about yeah. 2014, he had that abysmal showing against uh, Buffalo, but he finished the year with a, P, a passer rating of 112. Pretty good. Um, led the league in, in NEA at uh, 8.65. Uh, I'm sorry. I, what do you guys, what do you guys say? A N Y adjusted, uh, adjusted per attempt. Well, uh, yeah. Enya. I, I, I always say NEA not, instead of Enya. Um, so he led the league at 8.65, threw for 4,300 yards, had an interception percentage of one. Nice. Good season. Uh, this year, his interception percentage is 0.7. He's been down um, there for a while. Yeah. So actually, uh, 2017 was his worst year interception percentage-wise in his career outs- as a starter. Um. Because in 2005, he had uh, 16 pass attempts and had a 6% interception percentage. Ah, okay. But uh, um, outside of that, yeah, 2017 was his worst year. Yeah. Um, so also, he only threw for, oh, I guess he only played in seven games. I was going to say he only threw for 86 first downs. But yeah, that was seven games. Yeah. So um, did you see Dusty's theory about this being a, a test run for throwing deep passes to get them oh. ready for the playoffs? Oh no, I did not see that. So, so this is Dusty Evely, I'm assuming. Yes, it is. Okay, um, Dusty, very smart man. Yeah, Dusty does film breakdown. Um, for did you say TV? And, uh, yeah. Some. So he, Dusty, and I actually started on the same website. Right. Um, he and I both used to write for Pack to the Future. <laughs> shout out! Shout out to Pack to the Future. It's a shame that uh, that's. So Pack it... to the Future actually started off as a sub podcast of, um. Title Town Sound Off. Oh, okay. So it was a sub podcast of a small podcast. Yeah. Um, they broke off, did their own website. Brian uh, came to me yeah. and said, "Can you write for us?" And Dusty was already writing for them, and he did his film breakdowns, like just like he would get like thirty hits on the best article of the week. That's weird. So that's I'm glad Dusty's more successful now. That's good. <laughs> yeah. um, Dusty's but, film breakdowns are very good. He's gotten. I mean, he's always done a good job with them. He's very smart about it. Um, he also is a good user of technology now of making them look very pretty. Um, and it was kind of a, just an off comment from him, but I, I kind of like that theory because I don't see any other reason to keep bombing away against the Lions. Um, I mean, once the game's starting to get out of hand a little bit, I can see why you would stop doing it. But it kind of makes sense. Um, if they want to start going down the field a little, a little bit more, it's good live practice. And um, also... So Aaron Rodgers was bad. There's no getting around that. But there was one play um, that uh, I, I caught on right away when I rewatched the game, and uh, everybody else pointed out where Lazard was open over the middle. He ran. He ran a post. Um, it was a very nice route, seemingly, and Aaron missed him deep. Um, and it looks like it's very possible that Lazard actually cut his angle a little too sharply, um, okay, and should have taken his man a little bit deeper in the pattern instead of. Um, I don't even know how to describe it because I don't really know what the problem is. His angle was wrong on his post, basically. It was too sharp and not um, obtuse enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But that's the kind of thing so he, he might practice there. So it made so Aaron saying his, look like his, garbage. So his route was more of an in. More of an in and like, less of a post. And okay. more subtle than that. It's not like he just broke it straight inside. But um, you can kind of see where if he would have taken it a little more upfield, that pass might have been right on target and taken him into the end zone. So, um, fair point. Um, those guys, like Lazard is, you know, this is basically his first year. It's, you know, first year of getting major playing time. 
And those kinds of things are kind of hard to work on in just regular practice without tackling and with, you know, not opponents facing you. And that's true of Kumaro too. That And, you know, he had a segment of the game where he got bombed to a bunch of times in a row for no good reason. So mm-hmm. maybe that's true. And maybe it'll pay off down, down the, the road because a lot of those Rodgers misses weren't huge misses. So if you want the so, optimistic spin, there you go. Man, I tell you what. I'm uh, So I'm on Dusty's timeline right now. And he's got just a series of screenshots that blow me away. Um, he... So they're they're not all exactly the same uh, formation. So he's got one with a uh, gun split close with Tyler Irvin in in motion. Oh, the Tyler uh, Irvin plays are fun. They are. Uh, he's got uh, gun trips right. Um, there's a gun trips left. Gun bunch. Um, but yeah, and so they're all basically the same play out of similar formations mm-hmm. that all involve a wheel. And there's a lot of mesh, whole lot of mesh. <laughs> yeah, he did a lot of mesh today. Um, I think he was up to seven when I last checked in on him. So, uh, wow! Actually, I made a phenomenal pun oh, yeah? this week. We saw running backs were targeted on a wheel route four times and missed every single time. Oof! Uh, and, and they were all open. Um, three times Aaron Jones. Then Aaron Jones got hurt on the third time. Then the fourth one was Tyler Irvin. Um, and uh, Justice Mosqueda was like, man, there's a lot of wheels. And I said, hey, man, all gas, no brake requires four, four wheels. wheels. Nice. <laughs> well done. That's great. <laughs> man, right. this the amount of mesh that, that LaFleur ran was crazy. Well, I mean, you should run a ton of it. It works really well. Um, just for those yeah. who don't know, just mesh is exactly what it sounds like, where you run guys across the middle crossing each other and attempt to you know pick slash mess their their defenders off of them confuse mm-hmm. um that's all it is it's a simple concept it makes uh, it, it should have been one of the first things discovered about football frankly it's a very easy concept um, <laughs> um jt o'sullivan uh did a uh how to how to win your turkey bowl video like what what your offense should look like oh if yeah you're playing it should all be mesh and he he was like okay what you're gonna do is you're gonna have your two little cousins run double drags and give each other high fives and he goes, and that's basically mesh. Yeah. And he's like, and he goes, and if and if one of them beats their man, they're gonna uh, turn it in, turn it upfield into a, a wheel and run to green grass. Yep. Something and I was like, man, like that, that's the easiest. It is like, description of mesh I've ever heard. Something McCarthy basically never did, by the way. Um, <laughs> Slant of, flat is kind of mesh, <laughs> but not. But 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 it's not at all. Um, so yeah, so Lafleur called a good game. Um, they just didn't execute it, and uh, all of the offensive bugaboos kind of raised their ugly heads as they do, like bad receivers, bad tight ends, and Aaron being inaccurate. At least Aaron Jones got going eventually after a bit of a slow start, but mm-hmm. uh, and saved you their know, bacon a lot. But there was a very good tight end play in that game. Mer- Mercedes Lewis caught a pass and turned it into like ten rack. So, okay, Mercedes Lewis still probably the best tight end on the team, doing his thing. <laughs> Slowing down the field. Yeah, I'm, Mercedes Lewis is at least good at a few things. So He's not great at catching the ball and running because he's very slow, but he's... He's great, I, I he's don't great at to, catching. He's great at catching the ball. He is. He's, he, he's like Richard Rodgers, but he, he can is block. Like, that's a good comp. I don't need to see <laughs> Jimmy Graham ever again. Like They should cut him now. There's no reason to wait till the end of the season. Wow. Well, that's, that's harsh, man. He's awful. 
he's just terrible. He doesn't do anything right. He looks lazy out there too. Oh man, he he kind of reminds me of um Martellus Bennett. Yeah. But like but like he's he looks like he's trying and he's playing as poorly as Martellus Bennett when he was bored. Uh I maybe that's true. I'm not sure he's trying. He looks just just washed. <laughs> he has the illusion of effort. Yep. Not that not that anybody behind him is any good, but I'd rather see Lewis out there running his routes. Um certainly rather see Bob, even though Bob's not very good either. And like Sternberger, like I don't know. He should be getting more playing time for being in a position where everybody in front of him sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they don't trust young guys to be in the right place, so whatever. But well, I mean, also, wait. I have to say this every single week: rookie tight ends are always bad, are, with, the, right. with the exception of a few. Yep, they are. They never come. Like never draft one in fantasy. It's a bad idea, Un- unless it's Evan Ingram. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, I want to dovetail into one other thing which is um so i i write for uh, a paper and matt and i both do analysis to some extent and um we, we there's a segment on on twitter who like likes to yell at people like me for always pointing out what's wrong with the packers and um i i think being an analyst of any kind actually makes you kind of have to be sad about football um, the reason for that is so like so the Packers are good this year. Like if you're just a fan and you're not picking nits on everything, they're thirteen and three. They have a first round bye. Like they look dynamite. Um, you know, they're Super Bowl not favorites, but you know, top four or five. Um, and this has been a wildly successful season. We should all enjoy it. But like behind the scenes of all of that, if you're trying to like look at how good they actually are, they're not that good. They they don't have a great Pythagorean, as we always point out. They're lucky, as we always point out. They're lucky in one score games. Um, so, like, we know they're not not as good as a thirteen and three team, and that's you know kind of unfortunate to actually know that. Um, on the flip side, if they were the opposite of that and had good Pythag, if they were the Cowboys basically and had great Pythagorean record and were getting unlucky in close games. But like bad, you know, record wise, eight and eight didn't make the playoffs. That's also that sucks. That's also bad. So it's not any console to know behind the scenes your team is better than they actually are. Um, it's actually kind of infuriating. So the only way that I can ever be happy is if they're a dynamite team and not getting lucky, like just everything supports them being an awesome team. That like never happens ever. So that's kind of unfortunate. The 2009 team, I think, was like that, weren't they? Um, I, quite possibly. I don't know. Um, like I, I vaguely remember the the twenty nine. There the two thousand nine defense. Well, the two thousand nine defense was as good or better than the twenty ten defense. Yep, it was. And then the the offense was like really clicking. It wasn't like world beating, but it was like they were the most complete team. And then the Super Bowl team just kind of got hot. Yep. So annoying. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I understand. Um, if you can see the man behind the curtain on on like what makes a football team good or bad it's going to make you sad this is an ignorance is yep. bliss kind of situation totally. like if we know exactly what's wrong with the packers it's it's hard not to see it in the same way that it's the bader meinhoff phenomenon like <laughs> you buy a car and you see that car everywhere yep. you know exactly what's wrong with the packers and you're going to see every single instance of it 
That is and that kind of sucks. It does kind of suck. Like we should all just be able to relax and enjoy them being thirteen and three and having a really good season. And we'll probably look back on the seasons like, oh yeah, that was that year they were really good and you know had a great regular season. Um, the other thing that uh, this is different because now we can talk about not being sad anymore. This <laughs> season's this season's really weird. So um, usually there's a bunch of teams that are kind of eight and eight. Um, mm-hmm. And you know they're they're eight and eight talent wise, and they go kind of eight and eight ish, even if not quite you know seven and nine, nine and seven, whatever. Those are those are good games to sort of judge teams off of, and that doesn't really exist this year. So there's a ton of weirdness in all of the good teams. Like we follow the Packers, they're lucky in one score games. They had another one score victory. I think they're um, five and one now. They entered the Mosqueda regression zone with that win over the Lions. But the Saints have more. They're six and one in one score games, and the Seahawks are now nine and two in one score games. Very close to being ten and one, which, I mean, that is next level bonkers. So yes, like while the Packers look like paper tigers and a little bit of frauds, like basically all of the good teams in the NFC, without the, except for the Forty ers are the same way, and that's it's, there's no like middle ground here. Everybody's just beaten up on the little sisters of the poor teams. Uh, the Packers' strength of schedule is not even that bad. I, like people were yelling at me, like their schedule is not that bad. The DVOA strength of schedule, I, I think it's probably around 18th now after playing the Lions. Um, but like that's not too weak, but it is. No. It's just like the AFC East is much worse. Um, that's all the teams with the worst strength of schedule. So that's four of them taken out of commission. Um, and everybody plays a ton of bad teams. Like there, there's no team out there that just has a bunch of like mediocre eight and eight teams and good. It just doesn't exist. So I don't, I don't like, we have all those background numbers. We have the luck numbers. We have, um, strength and schedule numbers. I think they're all kind of garbagey too. I, I don't think they tell you that much because everybody has the same problems with the exception of very few. Like I'm, I'm very confident the Ravens are awesome and I'm very confident the 49ers are pretty good but not great um i would not be surprising to see them get upset so that's that's all i really am confident about at all everything else is weird oh that's okay end of rant sorry (laughs) it's it's a good so actually i saw a infographic this week that was how the league would look if every one score game was flipped i love it when you do that and uh, there was only one team I saw with an unaffected record, and it was the Bills. The real that's actually surprising. The so this was I think this was actually a couple weeks ago. Now that okay. I think about it, because I think the Bills were ten and five, and if they flipped one score games, the Bills remain ten and five, but they were actually near the top of the AFC. They would be yes. So so I thought that was that was kind of fun, fascinating. So yeah, the the Seattle would have been. Um. Oh my God! I think they were like seven and nine or something, if that even. Uh, <laughs> they're they're literally nine and two in one score games. So if you flip all of them, they become two and nine in one score games. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Uh, so um, let's see. We talked about Aaron's bad game. Yep. Paul's theory. Talked about everyone's sort of good except for the tight ends. Tight ends are pretty bad. They're terrible. <laughs> Aaron Jones definitely. I'm, uh, um, I I should not let this bother me, but I, I don't like how Aaron Nagler keeps saying that the receivers are fine and <laughs> using like one-off highlight reel plays to mm-hmm. support that theory because he will rip apart 
um, tape analysts who use highlight real plays for tape like tape analysis. Yes, um, and that's irritating. So Aaron, right, but stop that. Aaron knows he's doing that. I know he does. A- Aaron is a very smart man. He's very good at at playing the uh, emotions of the fan base, and he has his side of the fence that he stays on. Mm-hmm. He knows exactly how to play it very well, and he knows he exactly how to play against the other side. Aaron, I think, in his heart of hearts, will tell himself on the inside that the receivers are not good enough. Mm-hmm. But he chose one side of the argument, he and did. he's sticking to he's it. going with it. In the very same way that I will defend Kevin King to my death. But he's good. Even when TJ Watt wins Defensive Player of the Year this year. Which he will. <laughs> I am going to defend Kevin King. Boy, everybody... Was, th- there's one where, you know, usually the masses don't get that right. Um, but they sure got it right there. I mean, I like Kevin King. He's he, At least he's not a bad player. But yes. yeah, we, they should have taken TJ Watt. It's Troy Vincent all over again. That's probably before <laughs> your time, huh? I, I, I'm aware of okay. it. Okay. Um, the Packers, of course, people don't know this, once drafted Terrell Buckley over Troy Vincent from Wisconsin. Troy Vincent turned out to be an excellent corner for many, many years. And Terrell Buckley, uh, kind of a sneaky, good, very weird career. Um, uh, Terrell Buckley, he, isn't he like, he has like the most interceptions of someone not in the Hall of Fame? I believe that's correct. He has a ton of interceptions, like 50 plus. Um, yeah. And a, a lot of Terrell Buckley's sort of badness with the Packers, I think, coincided with the whole NFC North getting giant receipts. Terrell Buckley's very, very tiny DB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so it was for, the, also for those who don't know, uh, yeah. Jair Alexander was compared to Terrell Buckley after he was yep. uh, drafted. And I, I think he's, I, he's short and angry. It's not a bad comparison. Um, he's a better <laughs> tackler than Terrell Buckley ever was. But um, Terrell Buckley was a great tackler. It's just only when the receiver didn't have the ball. <laughs> he did. For um, those who don't know, Terrell Buckley was known for pass interference. That yes. was his. He was very bad at it. And getting toasted by Vikings, um, but just repeatedly over and over again. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, just before we move on past the game, defense looks good again. Um, and it's yes. the Lions. Their offense isn't that good. Um, they had some struggles early on when the, the Lions were running some razzle-dazzle, um, which I, I don't hold against them too terribly much. Um, that happens it's good to be prepared for that crap but if you get burned by it and then you shut down the regular stuff after it that's fine which they did i don't think they allowed a point in the second half um and got good performances from the people that they're supposed to the smiths were great and blake martinez saved the game which certainly the best blake martinez game of the year um he got a haha special but he, he kind of <laughs> helped set it up with the sack before that so i mean that's why the haha special was thrown because they were in a bad spot because he sacked the quarterback before that so Good back-to-back plays by Blake to make it happen for himself. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, Blake was surprisingly good. It was just, it was really funny. So by that point in the game, I was, I, I had a lot to drink. Uh-huh. And, and then, so there was a interception 30 yards down the field. <laughs> and Blake Martinez is standing it there. Was Blake, I was like, so I, I was like, wow, great interception 30 yards down the field by the Packers' worst coverage linebacker. Yep. Why is he there? What is he doing there? We'll never know. Also, also on the sack play previously, uh, Kevin King was talking some major trash to Danny Amendola. The broadcast caught them just jawing away on the sideline. 
then during Blake Martinez um, uh, run back with the interception, Danny Amendola caught a personal foul against Kevin King. So obviously Kevin got in his head. Yep. So yay, Kevin King. Good job, by Kevin. And, um, and Twitter also informed me that Jair was talking some mad shit to Danny throughout the game. So it was a tandem shit talking. Danny Amendola, a I would say legendary shit talker who cannot take it at all. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, that is not uncommon for him. Um, and you can get in his head. So it's good by the Packers to pick on weakness. Uh, nicely done. Oh, and oh, before we get out of the defense, we do need to talk about Jair's um, brilliant pass interference penalty. Oh, it was amazing. Um, which was not, a, I mean, I guess kind of a game saver, actually, since it was a really close game. Um, mm-hmm. uh, just a strategically well done pass interference penalty um, for people who make the argument that uh, you know it should be a spot foul. It's the kind of thing that you you point to, and maybe even more severe in this case. So, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was a sometimes penalties are good. That was a good one, <laughs> and that was a very like he that that was a touchdown. He saved six yes, points. Absolutely. So, um, good job by Jer. And Savvy also. Penalty. Speaking of Jair, and because Jr. is not here to stop me, and say Jr. 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 Um, Jr. is not here to stop me. I'm gonna talk about Madden for a second. Fine. <laughs> Jair Alexander got a new card in Madden Ultimate Team this week. Um, they're currently doing their Christmas promotion. Uh, it's called Zero Chill, and they have ghosts of Madden's past, present, and future. So, like, they have players that they think will be good in the future, and they get Ghost of Madden future. Ghost of Madden passed, uh, like Bo Jackson with like 98 speed, uh, even though it's a Tecmo, uh, it's a Tecmo card, but okay, still, uh, Ghost of Madden passed, uh, Michael Vick. It's basically 2004 Michael Vick. Okay. Jair has a Jair has a Ghost of Madden present, so uh, Madden thinks that he is elite an elite player now. Huh. Um, they they just gave him a 94 overall card. 93 speed, 93 acceleration, 94 agility, 85 jump, 91 awareness, 91 play rec, 93 man coverage, and 94 pursuit. Uh, pursuit is angles that you take to make a tackle. Makes sense. Oh. Um, he is a phenomenal man corner. Um, he's got some great range. And let's see, where's his tackle? He has 61 tackle, which is really good for a corner. Yeah. So- um just if you don't play Madden like I don't, everything you just said sounds absolutely insane for a yes, football he's, game. So he's um, right now, even though he's five ten, he's one of the better man corners in the game. Um, and also, I just to me, it's amazing that they gave him a Ghost of Madden present card instead of a Ghost of Madden future. That that yeah. EA ratings adjusters think that Jair is that good right now. So yay yeah, us, yay yeah, good. They're they're smart people, not as smart as Vegas, but <laughs> and um, I know I don't people tend. To, he's quite as good, well, that good, but he's good. And and it's it it is a little um, boosted because, yeah. for example, Khalil Mack's Ghost to Madden present is a ninety five, so he's only one overall better well, than Jair. That's silliness, but okay. But it's it, it also it it has to be adjusted for the year. Um, in July, right before Madden resets, everyone's going to get a ninety nine overall card. That's uh-huh. just kind of how it works at this point in the year if you have a 94 or 95 you're very very you're good. very good okay by the way did you um, see the bear second half of the season stat no that Khalil Mack is the only edge or defensive end or outside linebacker on the bears who recorded a sack for them in the second half of the season <laughs> oh that's oh that's brutal that is brutal. But, i mean 
uh, Hicks has been gone for most of this. He has. So yeah. I think that might be a little skewed. Uh, it, it is probably skewed. Um, I, one of the things I got dragged for was calling their, their depth paper thin at the beginning of the season. And, mm. and to all, all the Bears fans who are not listening to this, I'm sure this is what I meant. So, um, <laughs> so just just for frame of reference, uh, the Madden players released this week. Uh, Nick Bosa is a ghost of Madden future. Nick Bosa is awesome. So yeah, he's awesome right now. Yeah, he is. Um, let's see. Jair was ghost of Madden present. Harrison Smith present. Julio Jones present. Marvin Harrison ghost of Madden past. Uh, John Randall, Madden Past. Daniel Jones, Ghost of Madden Future. <laughs> um, <laughs> Danny Dimes hmm. has a 95 overall, Ghost oh, really? of Madden Future. Yes. That's uh, um, that's not, <laughs> not a good projection. Uh, yes, so uh, Ghost of Madden Future with 92 throw power, uh, 92 short accuracy. No, it's not. 92 throw power is pretty decent. But you know what, though? For an, for an upper echelon quarterback, 92 isn't very good. I think Joe Montana's card has 92, 92. throw power. All right, fine. So, um, Michael Vick has 99, just for frame of reference. That's fine. That's appropriate. <laughs> yes. Um, Matthew Stafford has like a 79 overall gold card, uh-huh. and his throw power is in the 90s. It should, uh, he has a gun. He should be in 99. He is... <laughs> He has one of the strongest arms in the league. Mm-hmm. And, and I know I know people tend to gloss over if if you're not a Madden player, it's easy to gloss over when I talk about this, but it's I think it's relevant to um how players are seen outside of just fans, but like how the national whatever sees a person. It definitely is. Like uh one of the biggest reasons hockey became less popular is because the video game started becoming less played. Like hockey fans are always going to be hockey fans, but I used to be a hockey fan because I used to play NHL ninety whatever for a while. And ninety four, babe, that's a best one. Is, I like ninety five too. They're both really good. Um, ninety six isn't bad either. Yeah, those games are all great. I'm sure modern hockey games are great too. They're just not as widely played as they used to be. But that's how I knew who hockey players were and who was good and who wasn't. Like that's sure. literally all. Um, so Madden is the same way. I also say this for Madden. Um, we, You'll see the occasional joke about like a team should hire a Madden person to yeah. consult in certain situations. That's true. Madden's a good sim, and when you have guys going through like thousands of iterations of it, they will learn more than like an NFL coach not able to go through thousands of iterations of playtime. That's just a fact. It's not perfect simulation, but it's pretty good simulation, and it has definitely led to some. Uh, insights into how you should do clock management, um, how penalties should should be enforced, when you should go for two, when you should punt, when you should go for down fourth down. Like those are all informed by like a lot of people playing Madden and people actually becoming curious about, um, you know, asking the the pros, um, the esports guys on what should actually happen. So, so the 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 caveat to that is there is a meta game inside of Madden, and because it's not a perfect sim, there are certain things that are overpowered. <laughs> and don't give a good indication of what it's like in real life. For example, this year it is uh, halfback dive and halfback stretch. Uh, those two run plays are completely overpowered this year. For some reason, it Weird. makes your blockers crazy good, and you're always going to get to the edge on a stretch. <laughs> uh, and like safeties crash down on the dive and then like miss blocking the, the running lane. It so. Happens. But the the guys that play franchise mode, the, the hardcore franchise players that adjust their own sliders and stuff like that, yeah, those guys really know their shit. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it's good to have those out there. And uh, I suspect like you're going to see stat nerds in front offices. You already do. You'll start to see Madden people in it more. You absolutely will. Um, their their insights are useful. Um, so you you know who um, on the Packers has a a good but not very very good card in Madden Ultimate Team? Who's that? Uh, Devonte Adams. Oh well, uh, that is interesting. But I think uh, uh, bringing up me getting dragged by people the last couple hours there. So yes, I I ranked all the Packers receivers just in funny tiers. And I put Devontae <laughs> Adams as very good. And then people yelled at me for not have, for only having him very good. Um, but Devontae Adams is just very good. Like, he's he scouts super well. He, get, he, is, he gets off the line better than anybody else. He moves very smoothly. He looks great at running routes. But he's not that productive. Like, for a number one receiver, he um, his highest DVOA, DVOA finish, I think, is 16th. He's usually in the 20s. This year he finished in the 40s. If you don't like advanced stats... His yards per target this year, he's 42nd uh, among all receivers. That's just yards per target. It's nothing fancy. Um, he, I, I think you could blame a lot of this on how he's used. I don't think they use him particularly well. I think you could blame it on Aaron, who is not as good as he once was and hasn't been for basically Adam's entire career. Um, but if you want to call him elite, that's just based on scouting, and that's fine if you want to believe that, and if you want to believe he'd be on a better t- like he would do better production-wise. On a better team, that's fine. That's an indictment of the current offense. That's all it is. Um, he's just for comparison. Jordy Nelson in his career finished top ten in DVOA five times. He finished first once. Um, Devontae Adams has never had a top ten season in DVOA. His highest sixteenth. Jennings had two top tens, a second, and he finished twelfth <laughs> once. Like that's what you're looking at at elite guys. Like those guys are elite Packer receivers. Adams has never gotten there, and. When he's the, been the number one receiver, their offense has have not been very good. So, I like Devontae Adams a lot. I think he's great, but he's not as good as Jennings, and, and he's not as good as um, Nelson. He's kind of in the driver tier, I think. I was gonna say like he he also kind of reminds me of Driver. Yeah, and I, I think that's so a good it, comp in how he plays. He's a he's a very good possession receiver. He does have the athleticism to house something if he can make someone miss, mm-hmm. but not a true deep threat. Uh, runs great routes, good hands, and he does when he's, hurt when he's not hurt. Also, yes, I mean, <laughs> health is a skill. If you're not on the field, and if you're not on the field healthy, it, it impacts how useful you are. So the best ability is availability. <laughs> um, so yes, but Devante it, so is the, very good, but not quite great. There's, and then the the last point about Madden I was going to make is you can usually tell how good a player is during the year by how many versions of of a card they get. And Devontae hasn't had a new card since August. Mm. So in August, he was given a 90 overall at the time. That was one of the best wide receivers you could get. And he has had nothing new since August. So I would find that more troubling if I cared about Madden. <laughs> I know, but what I'm saying is I know, it's, a good I know. In, it's a good indicator for someone's progress throughout a season. Right. And yeah, so he's, he's, uh, I know he's playing hurt, but even back out there. It's just not, he's not the, the world beater that we all hoped he would be this year. Nope. Hopefully, hopefully that turns around as LaFleur gets better at this and Aaron hopefully rebounds, but probably not. Um, ah, so, so uh, my father-in-law asked me today who the Packers are going to play next week. 
and I had to explain to him no how playoff how playoffs work. Yes. Wait, uh, sorry, not oh, this coming week. Two weeks. The week after this one. Um, and I was like, honestly, I think it's going to be New Orleans. That would be my bet. Um, I'm not terribly afraid of that. I'm not really I, either. Um, I. I don't know who I would prefer and who I'm most scared of. Uh, I go back and forth on this a lot. I, I'm scared I, of the Eagles. I'm they're so beat up, but I'm also scared yeah. of them. So, like they already beat us once, uh, and they were beat up for that game too. They had no receivers mm-hmm. in that game, and they stopped the run like amazingly well, which is not good for pounding it into the line a million times. The Saints do that too, by the way. They, they're very similar to the Eagles defensively. They're fifth overall against the run. So I'm a little scared of them. I, I think I would prefer the Seahawks, but that just fair. seems like tempting fate. Also, um, but so in order for it to be the Seahawks, both the Seahawks and the Vikings have to win. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's right. But traditionally, Drew Brees is not good outside late in the year. Yep. And so that's I think also that's true. That, that's and also he's not good right now. Period. Taking so. an old man outside is always um, <laughs> never good for the old man. So um, yeah, so it'd be battle of the old men. It would in the, in the outdoors. He's even older. Um, <laughs> I, I, so the Vikings are in many ways like the best team playing in the NFC this weekend. They have the best run or point differential. They. Uh, they're they're kind of weird. I mean, you don't trust Cousins in the playoffs, I know, but there's a good chance they're going to win that game. Um, that's probably closer to a pick'em than most people understand. It's a good venue for them to be in. Um, oh yeah. So, I'm I'm probably going to pick them this week when we do our stupid pick'em thing. The playoff, med- the playoff. It, it would be a medium upset. It's my wheelhouse. Um, and so that might happen. Um, in which case, oh wow. Um, Vegas has the spread at New Orleans minus eight. Really. Yes. All right. I mean, that's <laughs> seems extreme. I, you know what's amazing to me? Uh, that's a wider spread than the Patriots game. I can see that though. Patriots uh, the, minus five. The Patriots are. I mean, the defense is really, really good, but it hasn't been really good for a couple weeks now, and mm-hmm. that offense is bad. So I know Tennessee is like not a good team, but. I could see that. I could see them getting upset. They keep things too close for their own good sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised at the Vikings um, Saints spread. That seems that seems crazy to me. That and then the over under is forty nine and a half. So they think it's going to be a shootout. Shootout sounds right. Um, Cook's back for that game too. Like that, he's he says he says he's healthy. Um, right, but you literally just got done saying that the Saints are a top five run defense. Well, but he's a pass. I mean, that's a passing offense. It, it's Cook's good because he catches passes too, not just because he pounds it. Um, that's fair. I mean, I think he helps Cousins a ton. I'm um, getting easy throws. So. <laughs> well, I'm not going to bet on Kirk Cousins in a playoff game, and I don't really bet on football. But I won't be surprised if they win that. But the Seahawks, I think, are the worst team there. It's just like you know, they're they're the luckiest team, and I don't. They're such so annoying to play against. <laughs> I, uh, there was a post on Reddit that compared the Cowboys and the Seahawks. The Cowboys have a better point differential. They allowed fewer yards on defense. They gained more yards on offense. <laughs> I think they had a better turnover differential they too. Did. The, the Cowboys <laughs> season is insane. Uh, it's it's like historically unique in 
Uh, they have like a plus one thirteen point differential, and yeah, that almost always means you're a double digit win team. Like it's it's almost unprecedented for them to just destroy everybody they win against and lose every close game. They were zero and five, I think, in close games this year. Mm-hmm. Um, big rebound candidate next year. Whoever walks into that job once Garrett is let go is going to have the easiest job in the world. So. Yeah, I think I think uh, Justice was already talking about betting on that person as coach of the year. Yeah, oh yeah, and uh, he's absolutely right to be doing it. Um, they were the regression team this year too, so the Cowboys are just flipping back and forth and back and forth. Uh, good times. So, I mean, as long as long as I've been on Reddit, it's been a joke that the Cowboys are an eight and eight team, like especially when they went they went like twelve and four, and then the next year they went four and twelve. Like, yep. <laughs> so, just yeah, insane. Uh, yeah, perfectly so think, balanced. Yeah, so I think they end up with the, the Saints, but I think my preference is the Seahawks because luck's just n- not a huge thing. But I don't know. I'm, they all, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. I think that the Seahawks are probably the best team to play against, but I'm not terribly uh, terrified of the Saints. Nope, same here. So hooray, good for that. Good for us. Um, so we'll, we'll get to questions now, but before, well, Tim Brown, he won the Listener League. Congratulations. Um, I will be mailing you um, Tecmo Super Bowl 19 shortly. That is the prize for winning. So thank you all for playing. Um, we, we're going to police names a little bit more next season. I just, <laughs> t- t- by the way, t- Tim's did not have the bad name. He was David Putty, I think his team was name. So um, thank you for not picking a super offensive name. <sighs> but um, yeah, good season by everybody. I lost in the semis in the consolation game. So boo-hoo, but whatever. Um, we'll try so you and get got a, fourth, fourth place. I got fourth. Yeah, well, we'll try and get another good prize next year when we run it again. Hopefully, we'll get a few more participants. So, hopefully, we'll get. Can, I'll, I'll try and pick <laughs> up another retro Nintendo game that's actually a cart. But um, they're being clamped down a little bit on for copyright reasons lately. Um, you used to be able to get RBI, which is awesome, but since they started making that garbage RBI game um, for all the modern systems, that's not like the old RBI game. They've really stamped it out of existence, which sucks. So there was a micro mages. I think that would be a good that would be a good prize for next year. What is that? Micro mage is a uh, it was on Kickstarter last year. It is a um, truly built from the ground up NES game on a cartridge that was developed in April of 2019. Hmm. All right. It's it is it's the best looking NES game I've ever seen. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff out there on how they crammed everything into the cartridge. It's a old school platformer Metroidvania. All right. Check that it's out. Great. It's great. It's amazing. It Check it out. Nice. All right. Also, if anyone listening owns an NES that is currently hooked up, and I'm not, I mean like a cartridge fed NES. Yeah. Look into getting Micromages. It's awesome. I will do that. I have a cartridge based NES hooked <laughs> up right now. All right. Let's do questions and get out of here. So, um, Steve Steve just asked if I found a good place to watch the game so um, I just so you guys I moved to St. Paul Minnesota we have family here um, there's a by very happen, lucky happenstance a Packer bar about four blocks from my house so wow. uh, called called Tiffany's I did not go there I had to stay home and watch the kids did, I, you, did you go there for breakfast <laughs> I, I am going to make that joke a billion times and yes <laughs> um, I'm probably going to watch the playoff game there because I want to do that sometime soon see what it's like um but I'm going to go there a lot. So, yes. Um, and thank you to everybody on Twitter for their Packer Bar recommendations. Um, they all look good. And you all were good about providing me with the time I need to get there to actually get in. So, 
Um, hooray for all of that. Tiffany's looks like it's one of the later ones, which is good with my schedule. So that's good. Um, maybe I'll see people there two weeks from now. Who knows? <laughs> uh, let's see. I think, uh, Devlin, I think we've talked en- enough about how Rogers is kind of bad at this point. Um, no need to belabor it anymore. Ah, I like Toddy Malone's. What were the three worst plays of the year? And feel free to use EPA. I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> but I'm also curious about perception feel. Um, anti-highlights. So I, 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 did, I did pick out my three. Um, they're not really plays, more like sequences. Um, but Fair enough. My first one is the end of the half last week that JR ranted about for a while where Rodgers threw it to the middle of the field to Geronimo. Um, oh, God. Just an awful sequence. Um kind of almost cost him the game. that game was a little not as close but um just just terrible all around everybody acted stupid um my second one would be the eagles game where they did not just pound aaron jones up the middle um and tried to um uh, the eagles have a good run defense but tried to get too cute with passing cost him a touchdown probably cost them that game and then my third is um the charger game where uh, it's it's the opposite of one play. Um, the Packers ran one um, under center play action pass in that game, and threw out a shotgun uh, forty seven times <laughs> on every other passing play. So um, all in the same formation, all out of eleven. Um, it was the least diverse game plan of the year. So that game, every play except the one play that where they ran play action is my least favorite play of that game. It made them super easy to defend, and it let Aaron Rodgers get destroyed by Bosa and company. So. Those are my three. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I would say Geronimo's, the pass Geronimo over the middle is is one, two, and three for me. That uh, is the worst play I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. I would, uh, I'm would. i glad that we got a Geronimo play in, in, in the category. <laughs> but just like, like you're a two-time MVP. You've, you've won the Super Bowl. You've been in the league for 15 years. How in the hell do you not have the awareness to know that that was a terrible idea? No idea. Like just, just if you want to throw the ball, huck it deep. Like, do it. Like arm punt. What the? Oh, speaking of arm punts, had one this week. He did. Yeah, arm Damn punt. <laughs> it was very. It was a Farvian game. It reminded me of Sherman era Farv. It kind of was. It just ugly, just bad. <laughs> that was such a weird. Like, was he just pissed off and frustrated? Like. That was such an unerran play. It was very strange. He doesn't bad. do that. No. I mean, for all his faults, he usually isn't that stupid and careless. So right, he's usually very smart, even when he's yes. being an idiot. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Usually <laughs> smart, even when I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh, a lot of you ask questions about Aaron being bad. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Do you trade? Oh, not knockoff Tex Western asked that too. He did. Just how do you, how do you handle the bizarre mental space of Aaron being bad? Well, like, uh, just real quick on that one. Um, I think part of this is just accepting that he's not what he was when he was MVP. Like he's worse. He's gotten worse. He's been worse for many seasons, and it's just setting your expectations properly for what Aaron Rodgers is these days, which is, you know. A pretty good quarterback, not great, um, and and also assessing his limitations properly. Like he's he's going to not throw interceptions. He's not going to take a lot of risks. You're probably going to end up punting more than you would like in a game because he's going to throw the ball away and check it down. 
And if you can build your team to work within that framework, that's fine. That can work. And that's just what you have to do because he's not coming back. Like, uh, maybe if they draft a ton of awesome receivers, he'll come back. That's the way you make a not as good quarterback better is by giving him better weapons. But um, th- this is what you got. This is what you got to work Look with. Look at uh, Jay Cutler with uh, Alshon Jeffrey and, and uh, Brandon Marshall. <sighs> Brandon Marshall, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it makes you better. It just does. No, so I like I like Ziggy's question. Uh, Ryan Ziegler, yep. uh, do you trade for Josh Rosen or draft a QB in 2021? Uh, I fucking love Josh Rosen. Do you? I love that kid. I do. I, I think that he has been given a crapshoot for so, two teams straight, and I, I think he would that, be... But I, if, it seems like I think, he should have gotten an opportunity with those two garbage teams to at least show more on the field. Uh, I, I think he, I think he was running for his life, throwing to nobodies in offenses that were designed to fail. Yeah, I, I mean, fair enough. Uh, I'm not a believer in him. I would go the draft route personally. But I, I would say if if you could trade like a sixth for Josh Rosen, yeah, all right, I'm in for a sixth because sixth is worthless. So and, and there we go. Like if you can throw a nothing draft pick to get Josh Rosen, I think that he is a he's. I'm not going to call him an immediate contributor, but I think his ceiling. I'm I'm going to talk about Josh Rose in the way that uh, what's his face with the stupid neckties talked about Brian Brom. Um, um <laughs> what was that? The draft Nick's name. He was like a fullback. I do not know. Sorry, he hated Johnny Manziel. Um, uh, giant tie knot analyst. I don't look at this. Merrill Hodge. Uh, Merrill Hodge. That's. <laughs> When you when you Google giant tie knot analyst, the top result is Merrill Hodge. <laughs> See, I think of him as the concussion laden Pittsburgh fullback. Yeah, uh, he he talks on TV. He has terrible draft takes, and yeah. he said that Brian Brown was going to be better than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, <laughs> I think I maybe had that take too. So I'll yeah. cut him a but little slack for it. I, I've I think Josh Rosen has a phenomenal ceiling if he's in a quarterback friendly offense and given time to develop instead of having to go out there and run for his life. So Ryan, I would go for Josh Rosen, but I, I, I hear that somebody, but I would, and I hear, well, I hear this is a pretty good draft year, but he says 2021. Yeah. Oh, 2021 is going to be a good draft year. This, I don't think yeah. this one is, is it? I, I, this one's got like, this one I think is going to be sort of like the Mariota Winston. Like you've got your two guys and then, that's and, it. And those two guys are weird. So, um, all <laughs> fair right. enough. Cool. And then R- Robert Kim, yours is also kind of like the, the typical Rogers one, but, but it, yeah, are Rogers accuracy issues a result of aging or just expected variants like three point shooting in basketball? To me, arm strength doesn't seem to be the issue. I think it is a little bit, but not that much. Um, which would seem to be mostly, most likely a manifestation of age. Um, is there hope for a playoff run? There is hope for a playoff run. And I do think that uh, we've talked about Aaron's problems. I think um, a lot of them are just mental and developed bad habits um, from many years ago, not having good receivers and having to hold the ball a longer time and getting out of the habit of getting the ball quickly. And part of it's definitely age and injuries. Like he's been hurt. Um, he's had, you know, those collarbone injuries, they do impact you. Um, they It takes a while to rehab your accuracy when you have to come back from those. Being old is terrible. It sucks. And um, you get worse. You get less detailed. It takes longer to recover. Um, and 
that's all part of it. So um, he, he's good enough that they can make a playoff run, but he's not great. And, you know, you, you don't really get better from this time forward for the most part. You can have better seasons with better weapons and better circumstances. Like Brett Favre's one of his best seasons is his last season, um, or second last Second maybe. to last season. Second yeah. last season. Um, but this is what he is. So um, it's age, it's injuries, it's um, a cavalcade of mental issues too. So, um, cavalcade, right. I love that word. I do too, it's a good word. Very solid. Um, so I think we can probably wrap this up. Um, and on that bombshell. Yeah. Um, we'll, <laughs> next week we'll know our opponents. Um, we can talk more about the specific matchup it will probably be the saints but yeah never know um in in the words of green bay packer super fan lil wayne show me my opponent <laughs> uh, and, and yes that is what will happen um so um enjoy the off week the the bye week um get, get a lot done enjoy the football this is got this is a fun week just because we have saturday football too i love saturday football i love saturday football that's not NCAA not college football, yeah. Um, I love not having to care about football, and also there's no fantasy this week. So if your team's not playing, like you can just enjoy it. It's great. What it's, could be better? Although I have playoff fantasy, so I'm still doing that. How do you? What the hell is playoff fantasy? Oh, you like stop it? What? It's fun. Stop it. You, you D- like have a DFS, cap on how many DFS do, is the devil. It's the not devil. DFS. It's it's fantasy. I, I don't like <laughs> DFS. I'm against DFS. It's bad. Plus, just bot okay. win it. Like, unless you unless you run a bot that tells you DFS picks, don't play because you're gonna lose. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, let's get out of here. All right. I'll all talk right. to you later, Matt. Have a good one. Go Paco. Go Paco. <laughs>